Welcome like, once again to the Legion of Reason. Uh, I'm your host, uh, the Supreme Reverend Dr. Randy Tyson. This is June 13th, 2019, an odd day for us to be doing this, but I didn't want to get into any more marathon sessions and uh, decided I'd, uh, I'd actually try and keep it under three hours for once. Um, and even so, the you know it's only been a week and a half, and there, we got a lot on the pl on our plate here. Uh, I'm gonna try and bring. Where is Twyla? Somewhere around here. I'm here. Am I not? Oh, you well, gotta bring I, me I, into the yeah. I don't podcast. see where. Yeah. Camera's working now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I think I think you'll you're you'll be fine in the browser. I mean, we got a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about, especially with the Stefans retrial in Lethbridge uh, and a bunch of other stuff but and uh, Christine's not here tonight she's leaving on a plane tomorrow and she's trying to get things done tonight um I don't know it's, I mean, it's just where do we want to start I, I kind of want to start in the, the uh, oh, this one I'll, hear, I'll, I'll just play it the regressive left files. Really don't know why the sound is awful on that. I'm gonna have to investigate that. Anyway, regressive left files. Oh yeah. Um, let's go to the to the browser. And there's there's twelve. Um, <laughs> dodgeball isn't just problematic. It's an unethical tool of oppression. Now. They end the title with the word researchers. <laughs> this ain't research. Okay, this ain't research. This is just... Uh, this, this, is, this is a couple of people getting back at society for basically being the last to be picked <laughs> for in phys ed. Um, yeah, so there's this big... Congress of the Humanities and Social Sciences starting to get kind of less sciencey every year it seems but anyway and so these people are going to be presenting these researchers put that in scare quotes uh, did we actually look University up their background I couldn't get through the piece it was so horrible University of British Columbia so yeah what they take Canadian, we got to own this. Uh, ah, uh, it's it's part of the Canadian Society for the Study of Education, uh, and it's it's part of that whole big uh, uh, Congress of the Humanities and Social Sciences. So uh, not science. It's, yeah, it's yeah. There's, there's no science in this. Dog, there's no I'll, research. I'll read this. Yeah. Dodgeball is not just unhelpful to the development of. No, I got to do this the right way. Uh, <laughs> try that. There we go. Let's. Do I want to do this? I don't know if you. Yeah. I don't know if anybody will understand it if I don't. Uh, don't uh, speak in a normal voice. Dodgeball is not just unhelpful to the development of kind and gentle children. Okay, we're already run into a problem. Uh, who will become decent citizens of a liberal democracy? 
It is actually harmful to this process, they say. Dodgeball is a tool of oppression. Let me say that again. Dodgeball is a tool. Oh, I got to do it right. Dodgeball is a tool of oppression. Seriously. So in, in other words, instead of teaching children how to deal with life, we're just going to bubble wrap them. Uh, it is not saved because some kids like it, according to, to an abstract for the presentation led by Joy Butler, professor of curriculum and ped... What the hell is a, a curriculum and pedagogy? <laughs> I have no idea what that is at the University of British Columbia. As we consider the potential of physical education to empower students by engaging them in critical and democratic practices. Well, picking teams, isn't that kind of... Uh, we conclude that the hidden curriculum offered by Dodgeball is antithetical to this project, even when it reflects the choices of the strongest and most agile students. <laughs> you could just tell this these people were traumatized by gym class just totally traumatized triggered up you know all the way through this hidden curriculum in dodgeball is far more nefarious than your average gym class run around never like running around in gym class is is nefarious okay it's kind of <laughs> kind of the point of gym class you know Dodgeball yeah. is miseducative. Is that even a word? <laughs> because it reinforces the five faces of oppression as defined by the late Iris Marion Young. None too soon late. <laughs> anyway, a social and political theorist at the University of Chicago. As Butler's abstract describes it, those faces are marginalization, powerlessness, and helplessness of those perceived as weaker individuals through the exercise of violence, violence, dodgeball, and dominance by those who are considered more powerful. Um, it's sports. Yep, some <laughs> people are better at sports than others. Yeah. Get over it. <laughs> and it it's depends on the also sport. exercise. But yeah, the whole point is exercise. Uh, despite the fact that many physical educators understand their vital role in helping students develop robust, equal, productive relationships and critical awareness, I thought it was just get the kids moving. <laughs> uh, I don't know, it's just me. Their practices um, on the ground. And there's supposed to be such a thing as referees too, and yeah, yeah. Their teachers practices that are... on the ground do not always reflect this agenda. It's an agenda now. <laughs> we suggest that this tension becomes sharply what tension? Sharply visible in the common practice of allowing students to play dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, and then they bring up the movie, the fictional movie <laughs> with Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn, 2004 movie uh, called Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Um, I mean, they talk um, about the wrench scene where if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge it. 
a dodgeball. You could dodge a ball. And it's like, okay. That didn't happen in real life. <laughs> okay. My goodness. Like, it, it's just, oh, the world just is going to hell in a half basket. You know, it's, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And this is, I don't know, this is, this is the, the interstate to hell. It's going real fast. The only time dodgeball was bad for me when it was um, at recess and there wasn't anyone watching. And then, yes, like in any situation, not just dodgeball, somebody's going to get bullied. So people aimed extra hard, yes. And I was extra small and I just didn't play anymore because I'm not well suited to sports and I had better things to do, like go hang out in the library, like the nerd I was. So, (laughs) you know, it's. The whole point of of gym class is is totally about movement. You know, getting kids away from their uh, playstations and tel- and phones, phones and yeah, I <laughs> I think they went a little far uh, in their reach of the. Uh, shall I dare say it? Problematic nature of dodgeball. I can't <laughs> say that. Let me say a soundboard. Where do I have it? I should should say that. Uh, darn it! It's not up here anymore. I used to have a sound for that. But anyway, yeah. Uh, wow. You know, I just the, when we bubble wrap children and we plan out their whole lives as helicopter parents do and have done we end up with what's been going on on university campuses in the western world the the absolute garbage that gets enabled you know uh, every you know the whole identity politics thing and and not being able to handle certain speakers because, oh gosh, goodness, uh, heaven forbid that they should actually uh, encounter ideas which they've never heard or, or even uh, don't agree with. Uh, this is what happens. Just a tag is another game that they tag for example singles out one poor participant often the slowest child as the dehumanized it <laughs> hey everybody takes turns being it who <laughs> runs vainly in pursuit of the quicker ones and capture the flag is nakedly militaristic i don't <laughs> even know what british bulldog is but or red ass i have no idea i've never heard of that what uh, was that called <laughs> Red ass, or <laughs> Americans apparently call it butts up, and I'm just like, I have no idea. Uh, yeah. What do you say to that? I mean, it's just. Yeah. Obviously, someone traumatized as a child in gym class. There's no. Like, well, I was, but, this but is I not don't research. frame it that way. I mean, Sports is not the problem, okay? 
<laughs> it's not the sports. <laughs> it happens in every situation, whether it's in the, you know, the hallway or the, you know, there's always going to be somebody that gets picked on and it's not because of the sports. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's part of growing up. Yeah, if someone, if I had a parent that could teach me how to stick up for myself, how to speak for myself, how to stand up to people, I would have done much better. Instead, um, I didn't learn anything. <laughs> so I I've yeah. taught my kids from a young age to stick up for themselves. And one does it more than others. And But they, they're they all have more of a voice than I ever did and they didn't get bullied the way I did because I did try to teach them how to deal with it and what to say and maybe how to handle it and not run away and cry. Because if you run away and cry, that you're going to get it worse. Yep. So yep. that's all I knew how to do. Yeah, I think enough said on this is research. I'd like to see the, the, the actual data. Oh, wait, there isn't yeah. any. <laughs> They wouldn't know a research yeah. paper. If they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know what parts of a research paper were even because they clearly didn't collect data. They clearly didn't have any controls. They clearly didn't have a discussion or conclusion. They simply have an opinion. That's all yeah, this is. That is. That is all it is. It's an opinion. But that's what substitutes for research in well, whatever the hell. Uh, pedagogy. <laughs> I've heard that word, well, and I a forget. Word. It's a word, but what I've, what I've never heard of a professor of it. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what that that would mean, and what what that would entail. I oh, grievance studies. I tell you that it's hard to find even a modicum of respect for it. <laughs> oh. But this, the, things get even worse if you if you go to yoga. <laughs> Seattle yoga teachers undoing whiteness class. Uh. Yeah, founded on deep purpose and bullshit. But anyway, it's triggered outrage. Well, yeah, I think it's 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 racism. It really is. It's, it's, there's no other word for it. And it's it just because this person happens to be white as well doesn't change that. I mean, a self-loathing white person. There you go. I mean, she doesn't deserve <laughs> the, the uh, death threats that she's beginning. That's a crime. But I don't, that doesn't mean I respect her one bit. Uh, uh, Laura Humph. Uh, you know. Now, we only, we only have her word for it, by the way, that there were death threats and rage-soaked slurs. There may be slurs. Um, yeah. Indictments of reverse racism. Okay, there is no such thing as reverse racism, okay? It's just racism. <laughs> I hate that term. I just... Oh, it p pisses me off. As if only white people can be racist. Yeah, like... Bite me. Ah... Uh, the, the Seattle yoga instructor had endured it before. Four, so she's coming back for more. <laughs> what, a, what a masochist. Uh, after putting up a word about a class for people of color only at her studio. Well, she can do that. That's fine. 
Uh, she was slammed by critics for being exclusionary and promoting likely illegal segregation. That might, yeah, she's probably skirting the line. Um, this is racial caucusing. There's a, there's a word for this? I'm <laughs> trying to define this in my head, but... What the fuck? <laughs> oh, this is a, a person I, I want nowhere near my circle of friends. Like, just go away. <sighs> and this, this spring, Hump publicized an undoing whiteness yoga class. What the? It's yoga. You're culturally, culturally yeah, she's appropriating. She's culturally appropriating something. And yeah, and, you know, if. And ironically, it's not white. <laughs> Even though she is. At Reiner <laughs> Beach Yoga, geared toward white people wishing to, quote, unpack the harmful ways white supremacy is embedded, unquote, get this, in their body, mind, and heart. <sighs> Maybe she should invite those people from you know, that do the dinner thing. Ugh. They should get together. Still have kids. Along with the providing a contemplative space, the class would dissect the pathology of whiteness. So we're pathologizing skin color. Seriously, you're really screwed because you're whiter than white well i just took some indigenous training and skin color didn't really come into it and i appreciate that because they talked about how your europeans colonized and how europeans set up and the catholic church set up the residential schools and they didn't talk about apologizing for being white. Instead, they're just asking for resources to fix the mess of three generations of residential schools. Mm -hmm. yep. They didn't well, they talk about anything but reconciliation. There was no... Because... <laughs> this is bashing people. Not everyone who's Catholic is white. I mean... To say only white people do these things is intrinsically false. Yeah, I mean, we're not the, the Europeans weren't the only colonizers. Um, oh, yeah. We're well, not Islam. the only people who oppress. Rwanda wasn't white people. Um, so when you put it like this, you're just doing more us against them. You're not reconciling you're not coming up with a solution i mean i can't be less white however i can be fight for resources and rights of people um well, they don't even call I it racism white when privilege, it's yes. not white they call it colorism <laughs> as if there's a somehow a difference uh, um, I liked how the indigenous put, indigenous put this. It wasn't you who did this to us. It was the people in the past, and it was the church. All they're asking for now is to stop the myths and to get the resources they need to recover from all of this oppress oppressiveness. Like, it, 
the the indigenous are a marginalized oppressed population and they are growing and it can't continue well their self-segregation um, is part of the problem though no that's not self-segregation it they were given that land and for a long time if they, they left that, that land, land without permission they got stuck in jail that's true but it, so, it's it's this it, it the whole system is which the again, feds put together yeah but what's but, happening now what's happening now is they're getting more educated finally they're finally starting to get the therapy and the resources to get their families back together which then empowers the kids to get an education which then allows them to look at these treaties and start fixing it they well, need more the indian act the indian act is is an anachronism and it's not working yeah, it's not working. So how do you just scrap it? You can't just scrap it. You have to actually come up with a solution first. And with their help, we will come up with something everybody can live with. And it doesn't happen overnight. So they don't want to be segregated. However, they don't want to lose their rights to things either. They don't want to lose the actual land they do have, which is only 2% of the land of Alberta. For 43 pop colonies, I'm... <laughs> And I, so again, it's not about us versus them. And it's not just white people who do this. And that what they're suggesting there is not a solution. Um, reconciliation is a solution. You do come together, but you don't sit there blaming somebody and then apologizing. They didn't want an apology. They told us in Indigenous training they didn't want an apology. That won't fix anything. They want to move forward. They want to fix things. And so this whole thing with ugh, that these people are doing in this article and that dinner thing, it's not going to help. It's not going to move things forward. I mean, how is me apologizing for being white and not doing things that other people did going to fix anything? Well, that's the thing. I mean, you, you're, this person is basically saying you have to apologize for things you didn't do. No. Why don't you, you come to the table and tell me what I can do the way that they taught us in Indigenous training? They're like, at the end, we all said what we were going to do. Well, this person is not one that you want to have that discussion with. <laughs> It's not helping. She's not helping. No. Mm -mm. I do stand, this is what she says, I do stand behind white people needing to talk to other white people on how to undo whiteness. Wow. No, it's called undo racism. It's called undo no, 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 myths. No, undo... Race, racism to her is white people doing bad things to other people. Mm. Jeez. No, that's so not the. She's getting. That's she's, actually not the root of the problem. Well, she's creating a new problem, right? Like it's just, and and not only that, but she's undoing other, you know, other people's work, work mm -hmm. because you're still creating us versus them. You, it, you, it you, becomes, you. You can point to this person and say, "I don't want to have to deal with this crap because it's crap. It's it's bullshit. It it." any anyone can see this <laughs> you know the lack of melanin in my skin says nothing about me mm -hmm. it says nothing about my activism it says nothing about what i do on the ground it says nothing about what i fight for 
and so she's she's not surprised by the backlash. And well, you know what? You deserve it. <laughs> that's the that's the difference. You don't think you deserve it, do you, Humph? You deserve it, one hundred percent of it. Not the death threats, but but the rest of it, yeah. Yeah. You're a shitty human being. That's that's all there is to it. <sighs> Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, this this one, this piece, just you know, put joy in my heart. Uh, Ohio Bakery awarded 11 million in libel lawsuit against Oberlin College over alleged racial profiling, and it, it, it could get. A lot more. It could end up being 33 million after the punitive damages are allowed are uh, calculated. Um, so a local bakery uh, caught three Oberlin students uh, shoplifting, and of course the optics were these these were African American students, I, I believe. But I'm not. Oh, I have to check this because I'm going to get. <laughs> shot on uh if uh yeah who anyway they were not white okay let's just say that i can't i'll have to, I'd have to go through the whole thing anyway they were uh, they actually pled guilty to the crime but in the meantime on on oberlin campus it was circulating that this was because of racial profiling and it was you know yada 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 and the uh it was all this was all done on campus, they decided they were going to have a uh, boy, you know, basically shut down this bakery. It's a bakery that's been around since the, the late 1800s. And so the, the uh, owners of the bakery took the university, uh, Oberlin University, to court uh, in a defamation lawsuit. And the defense was really weird. Um, uh, yeah, well, here's here's part of what happened. Uh, uh, they, uh, one flyer, the flyers were made and they were handed around the university. This is a racist establishment with a long account of racial profiling and discrimination. A long one? One event that wasn't even racial profiling. Uh, <sighs> So the flyer also listed 10 of the bakery's competitors and urged customers to shop there instead. This is all back in 2016. And then in November 2016, the lawsuit stated Oberlin College said it severed its business ties with Gibson's Bakery. So basically the tail wagging the dog again. Uh, the shop had provided baked, good, baked goods for the school's dining services through a third-party company. While those business ties were reinstated three months later, the shop had already suffered severe consequences. You know, it's a business, right? Um, the combined effects of the defamation, boycotts, demonstrations, and refusal to do business with Gibson's Bakery was having a devastating effect on Gibson's Bakery and the Gibson family. And in August 2017, uh, nine months after the three students were arrested, they pled guilty to attempted theft and aggravated trespass. Uh, the there was a third person, a third student who also pled guilty to the same thing. Uh, 
Uh, but her her case has since been expunged. Um, I, what I don't understand is, it costs about seventy five thousand dollars a semester. <laughs> wow. You know, like total in total, they did a calculation. And are you kidding me? Did you? <laughs> did you, I don't think anybody can fork out that kind of money. Can needs. To, I don't know why. Why the why the shoplifting? I don't know. Uh, this unfortunate incident was triggered by an attempt to purchase alcohol. I believe the employees of Gibson of Gibson's actions were not racially motivated. Uh, uh, they were merely trying to prevent an underage sale. Yeah, so one of them had uh, was uh, confessed to using fake ID to try to buy alcohol and, and a shop clerk tried to detain him and that, 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 it's a crime. Hmm. They were doing it. If they were innocent, it would be racial the, profiling. The, you know, the, the, but it's not. The outrage machine doesn't care. But the thing is, Oberlin College set themselves up for this lawsuit by uh, actually uh, acting on, on the demands of these, you know, the outrage brigade. And so in the end, uh, the the uh, eleven million dollars was awarded, uh, which didn't sit well with the the defendants because they they actually calculated the business worth to be thirty five thousand uh, dollars. <laughs> this is a business that's been around since eighteen eighty. Uh, I'm I'm not yeah. Not to mention the livelihoods of people that work there. Or have the owners, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's substantially more. I mean, there it's an ongoing than thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, it's a, well, it's an ongoing revenue uh, stream, right? So it's like, yeah, maybe the all the equipment and stuff is thirty-five thousand. I don't know, but that's not the worth of the business. But anyway, they it, it, they were awarded uh, eleven million, and. Uh, that's before the uh, punitive dam damages, which could be twice again more. And I hope oh. it is. <laughs> I really hope it is. This is this is wonderful because it it says that there are consequences to universities enabling this crap. There are, and, and there are real consequences to people. Remember that uh, cultural appropriation accusation of. Uh, uh, of a uh, Mexican restaurant, the owners weren't actually Mexican, and they were they were upset because they were selling burritos, which isn't even Mexican. Hey, it's Tex-Mex, <sighs> and they shut and they shut that build business down. That's despicable. These are not good people. They are not doing good. They are just. It's vindictive, you know, any, even the most minor transgression must be met with the greatest possible punishment. It's ridiculous. People would just stand up and say, no, this wouldn't have happened. This wouldn't happen. University. Well, all these fact check. Well, no kidding. Right. They, they don't. Nobody does they don't that care. anymore. They, it's not, they, they don't care. 
it's uh, you know their narrative and anything that goes against that narrative if you try guess what happens to you you're you're part of the uh, you, you're you're going to be one of their victims and I'm you know instead they're going to be of course claiming to be the victims but that's that's victimhood culture for you yeah so there's no word on whether they will appeal but uh yeah good Her, you know the only way we get universities that allow the tail to wag the dog to stop that nonsense is through their pocketbooks Oh, well, it sounds like they can afford it. Um, that was just that. I know. I'm, oh. I'm sorry, but they, they, they would rather people get away with crimes than have someone detained for their crime. Uh, that kind of blows my mind. So, yeah, I'm sorry, but they kind of deserve this. They're claiming that, uh, well, it's here. One of the things, they had a letter, sent a letter, Oberlin University sent a college sent a letter. It was a, neither Oberlin College nor Dean Meredith Raimondo defamed a local business or its owners and they never endorsed statements made by others. Yeah, but you enabled this. It, it was part. You're, you were party to it. Rather, the college and Dr. Raimondo worked to ensure that students' freedom of speech was protected, okay, and that the student okay, demonstrations um, were safe and lawful. And they attempted again. to help again sure they freedom of point. speech but not free from the consequences of That's lying right. exactly <laughs> you must accept the consequences yep there are consequences to free speech nobody's saying when i when i uh stand up for somebody's free speech i am not saying that they should be uh, uh should not suffer consequences for it i'm just saying they have a right to say it yeah. Uh, but you know, choose your words carefully and maybe yep. fact check first. So then the wow. consequences are support instead of punishment. Yeah, and they supposedly they, they say they, they attempted to help the plaintiffs repair any harm caused by the students' protests. But uh, you know what? You enabled it, Oberlin. You <laughs> you you had this supported. It's about it sounds time like they even supported this. it. Well, it all happened on campus. They used campus resources. They, they organized on campus. Uh, it, the, the college cannot turn around and then say, well, we're not responsible for whatever gets organized on our campus. You're going to be kidding me. Of course you are. Um, it's, it, it, I just love this. It'd be like organizing a KKK rally, allowing them to do that, and then complaining when it, people yeah. go, uh, what is wrong with your school? Oh, hey, I, I'm not part of this. <laughs> I just let them use my, my house for a meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Just a meeting. Okay. <laughs> to spread falsehoods and hate. Uh, yeah, and it is a form of hate, what they what they do. They, they just go straight to the race card every time. It's amazing. <laughs> That's the first thing. That's the problem with victimhood culture. It takes the least charitable interpretation of things until, you know, you have reason to believe otherwise. Instead of <laughs> doing what you should be doing, and that is taking the most charitable until you, you have reason to believe otherwise. Yeah, administrators... <laughs> Fact check. You're you're the ones running things there. It's your job, and then put the message out to the students. 
you yeah. have that control. If the students are basically well, I wrong. They, I don't doubt that they egg the students on. I, I don't yeah, doubt that'd that. Yeah, that'd be even worse. Because that'd be even they, worse they than do, just letting it happen. You know, university professors get involved in, in a lot of the activism that goes on. And, well, we saw that in uh, Mizu with that, I don't know, she looked like she was rabid, uh, you know, telling telling this journalist, uh, school journalist, to get, get out, even though this was a public space. <laughs> He's like, I don't have to go anywhere. And, and they just, you know, that just sent them, sent this woman into... Uh, um, an absolute frenzy. She was fired, and but she got another job in another university. I'm like, are you kidding me? Why would you hire this woman? <laughs> I, like, I wouldn't. Oh, anyway. <sighs> enough. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. Here, here's Vice. Vice is, you know, framing of things. Canadian conservatives are having a bad time at the online hate hearings. Uh, I had okay. a hard time figuring out who was saying what. Um, mm. I might be tired, but um, yeah, what was your take on this? Well, the, the, one of the things I, when I, I saw wasn't directly in the article. It was in a tweet that had this. It was uh, that uh, they can't name a single instant uh, instance when hate speech laws have been uh, abused and I'm like well considering I, I think hate speech laws are actually uh, a violation of, of individual rights and freedoms I would say every time they get used uh, <laughs> I despise them and and there is a there is a case uh, RV Keegstra struck it ended up uh, striking down some of the provisions provisions in hate speech laws so yeah, there have been. It's not just a application, but the laws themselves have been violations of charter rights. So don't say that it doesn't happen, because it does. Uh, so these are how, uh, House of Commons uh, Justice Committee's hearings on the spread of online hate. And it began last week uh, reading the the manifesto of the far-right terrorist who killed 50 Muslims in New Zealand. Well, yeah, you know, the, the manifesto... Why was he reading it? That's the context I, I cannot get from this article, is why he was reading it. But... And they... It's worse than that. If you're going to write an article, at least explain... Um, well... This is vice. It's it's Buzz Buzzfeed on steroids. Um, they they have Lindsay Shepard as a conservative. I'm just like, what? <laughs> um, no, she's she's just right of the the you know her the professors that put her you know in the star chamber that that she is currently suing. Uh, that, but then again, uh, 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 Fidel Castro is right of them, so it's not saying much. 
So these these people are are labeling her a conservative. I wonder what she has to think about that. Um, and uh, yeah, so they, they they read this this manifesto and uh, Tory MP Michael Cooper uh, told the witness that he should be ashamed of his, himself. Uh, read a trolling portion of the manifest. That's not even English. Cooper, who also told the witness he should be ashamed of himself. Let's go back a little bit. Last week, Tory oh. MP Michael Cooper responded to Faisal Khan Suri, president of the Alberta Muslim Public Affairs Council. I gotta look into them. Uh, who said Quebec, the, the Quebec mosque shooter, or no, who said Quebec mosque shooter Alexander Bissonnette repeatedly sought content about anti-immigrant, alt-right, and conservative commentators. Yeah, so <laughs> by and and by reading a portion of the manifesto of the Christ Church shooter Cooper, who also told the witness he should be uh, interesting English. I'm going to actually read it as it is. Cooper, who also told the witness he should be should be ashamed of himself. Who edits this? Uh, read a trolling portion of the manifesto in which the shooter states he's aligned with the communist government of China, which is interesting. <laughs> in an, it, it's pretty left. Oh, so they were trying to separate attempt. themselves from the shooter yeah. as a right-wing organization. They were trying right. to say, no, he's, this guy's extreme left. Okay, I think I'm yeah. starting to get the gist of this, which is so stupid, too. It is. Um, both he's allowed right. to say that. He's allowed to look stupid. I mean, they didn't call for taking... Uh, yeah, so they're t he's attempting to prove that far-right violence isn't connected to mainstream conservatism. And I would agree it isn't connected to mainstream conservatism. It's instead... You guys aren't mainstream conservatism, actually. Any more so. than, than uh, uh, the violence of Antifa is, is connected to mainstream leftism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> People have tried to connect me with Antifa, but the, the site that I was posting on was a spoof. They're actually <laughs> so not Antifa, but they were like, well, we're... You're, we're we're not right-wingers, so apparently we're Antifa, so we're going to call ourselves Antifa. And, of course, a lot of the right-wingers <laughs> ran with that when they were trying to smear my name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the the I yellow would, vesters. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't want to be associated with Antifa. Uh, you know, it's a joke, but yeah. Know, and they did exactly what they were trolling these people to do. They took the name and said, oh, look, these people are... Instead of looking at the page and what it was actually about and what actually gets posted, they focused on that particular word, which oh. we, which they actually expected them to do, and which they did. They were so predictable. Now here we go. Listen to this characterization: the party invited three right-wing witnesses, free speech martyr turned right-wing provocateur, slash Jordan Peterson disciple Lindsay Shepard. Wow. And and of course right wing pundit Mark because right wing is terrible. And but, former rebel media contributor contributor and national post columnist John Robson. Yeah, I'm sure these people totally uh condone the violence, etc. and the right no they don't. Jeez. Christ. Well. 
This this is a hit piece. This, this so is, what was this hearing? What where? That's another thing. This article was really. Committee. So, <clears throat> oh, here, there's another one. I I didn't see this part. Not, not one person I talked to at Faith Goldie's free speech event could recall being silenced. Uh, you mean like Lindsay Shepard was? Like by her like Rambucana and Pimlot and threatened with uh, that they had that she told she violated uh, uh, what was it uh, inclusiveness codes in the university I can't remember um, you mean like that <laughs> seriously so I don't know. I think this is very poor coverage of. Yeah, it's a very badly the, written the, too. Yeah, just there is <laughs> an issue with the rebel particular spreading, you know, basically hate. Well, this yeah, this is this is more people on the right are all bad. Yeah, well, that's that's Stop not that. going to help you get rid of the issue of these neo-nazis so yeah uh, the last thing i will say is that it's not just the end of ramadan today but the 75th anniversary of d-day miss shepherd when you go on youtube and you embrace the views of population replacement with a white nationalist remember who the nazis are i don't even understand what that means <laughs> I'm trying to decipher what this means yeah. in his head. Replace what with what? Yeah. Uh, and Lindsay did exactly the right thing. She's when they uh, when uh, asked if she wanted to respond, Shepard simply said no. Of course not. I would. I. I I'd couldn't. Like, well, you, I would have said something, but it would. <laughs> it's, uh, so if you're gonna if nice. you're gonna confront <laughs> if you're gonna confront racism if you're gonna confront people that. Don't call them uh, Nazis. Nazis don't exist uh, anymore. They end, it ended in 1946. The 19, in 1946, the Nazi party was disbanded. There are no Nazis. Yes, there are neo-Nazis. I understand this. But if you use the word Nazi, you sound like an idiot. Uh, yeah, and it's I even worse know. than that because, simply because Nazi doesn't exist anymore, the semantic meaning of the term widens and it was it ended up becoming uh, what it meant was people i don't agree with is essentially what it ended up meaning they did people would just slap that label on somebody they I, they didn't like the idea from and yeah yeah we're we're doing a very bad job of confronting racism this is definitely not the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, everything we've talked about. I try to poke yeah. fun at them trying to play the victim. Like, oh, no, the whites are going to go, up, oh, you know, gone. And, well, it's uh, so. <laughs> I mean, having some melanin protects you from the sun. <laughs> like, we're all just people. Like, quit being such an ass. Um why are you the victim? Like, is are are you not able to buy land in your country? Is somebody coming and taking it from you? Is 
you're worried there's going to be less white people boohoo no i think what they're worried about is that people will start treating them as they're treating others and well too bad then (laughs) karma so stop being an ass (sighs) man this this piece is just awful and hire an editor god's sakes Yeah, and you this missed your is, points. I missed whatever point they were trying to make. Uh, well, gone. The reason was, you're, I think the reason you're missing the point is that you're not. Uh, you don't hate the right. <laughs> well, these not, people do. You know, the, it, what the right <laughs> has become today is is pretty bad. But I, I, when I think of That's, the right, I think of people like Joe Clark. Yeah. And, and what it used to be. <laughs> yeah, when it, kind of what it used to be. But, um, when, when you have the Republican Party the way it is right now, it's a fucking yeah, mess. <laughs> that's, that's America. That's not, not here. Well, um, it's starting to get like that here. Yeah, I know with uh, Doug Ford. And, um, and what do we Kennedy. do about it? Not this. This makes everybody look ridiculous. Yeah, well, and it makes Vice look ridiculous. And congratulations, Vice. Uh, I think we're done with the regressive left, thankfully. I was just getting more and more angry. Um, (laughs) Edmonton psychic charged it alleged scam. Police believe there are more victims. Really? Like, you know, pretty much, you know, every psychic is a con artist. So this this uh they've charged the, this woman accused of defrauding 10 people in alberta and more in ontario okay don't know how many more between april 8, 2018 and may 2019 police said 10 similar incidents took place at the business sable psychic studio wow alliteration uh, a woman who a woman claiming to be a psychic who worked under the name Sabrina Burt or Sable is alleged to have defrauded 10 people of more than $72,500. Uh, one of those persons uh, was $20,250. Yeah, uh, crazy. Uh, according to police, the victims were told they needed to pay a fee that cost thousands of dollars for a special crystal for a procedure that would remove negative energy. Mm. The accused, Sounds like accused, Scientology. Oh, it's all the same thing. The accused reportedly told vict- the victims they would receive... I'm not... Seriously? Yeah, it's hard to feel sorry for these guys. Technically, <laughs> they're victims, but, you know... Yeah. Like, uh, um... <laughs> Uh, the accused reportedly told the victims they would receive a refund of the fee after the procedure had taken place. <laughs> uh, a fool in his money. Did they get party. that in writing? Uh, they were told this. They didn't get <laughs> it in it, writing. Yeah. yeah. In addition to charge, changing the price and misrepresenting the services, the refund never occurred. Shock and surprise. <laughs> when you're dealing with a scam artist, they, yeah. they yeah. don't. They're not true to their word. Hmm. Investigators believe the accused has exploited the complainant's vulnerabilities uh, and probably was thinking and their stupidity to convince them to pay ever-increasing amounts of money towards the crystal procedure. It's still wrong. Even if you can 
do it it's still wrong yeah. and thankfully she got caught um again yeah. i wish this could be a lesson to others but how many people are going to hear about this it's too yeah well <sighs> so many people believe in this it's just you know it's it, they say it's not illegal to offer psychic services it you know because what they do is they put on you know for entertainment entertainment purposes only right so it gets the and shouldn't that's cost the legal loophole. thousands of dollars yeah all that too it's like you know 40 bucks here and there I'd, I'd do it just for the the laugh and it would be for my entertainment value i don't put any stock into it of course uh, it's not illegal to do tarot card readings or palm readings or anything like that. When it becomes illegal is when there's deceit and... F <laughs> no, I can't say that with a straight face. <laughs> when there's deceit and fraudulent means involved to get money out of people. <laughs> you can do it I'm on sorry. a $20 scale. You can't do it on yeah. a thousands of dollars yeah, you scale. Can't, you can't do it above 5000 because that's what she got arrested for. So Cynthia Burt was charged with six counts of fraud over 5,000, four counts of fraud. Oh, I guess you, you know, uh, even under 5,000, I guess you can still be charged. But, you know, nobody's going to bother over 40 bucks, right? But you know. I'm still trying to figure out the line between fraud and fraud here. Yeah. Lying think, to people about your powers and I don't know. taking too much money. I, uh... So, yeah. And they think there may be more victims, yada, yada, yada. If, I love that. If they are misrepresenting their services using deceitful means, it's probably wrong. To find deceitful means? Yeah. Did, I'm lying? Uh, yeah. The whole thing is a lie. Uh, so if you knew it was a lie, then you wouldn't have been fooled, but <laughs> it's just, it's, it's kind of a, a circle. Of uh, reasoning there. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, well, apparently they managed to draw the line because she's in trouble now. Yeah. Well, when it when that much money is involved and uh, promises were made, yeah. And not. You know, most people would probably be too embarrassed, but when the dollar figure, you know, gets into five, five digits. Twenty, seventy. <laughs> yeah. Then then you kind of think, okay, I, you know, my embarrassment be damned. I want my money back. So. I mean, seriously, negative energy? Jeez. Right. Yeah, that's so well defined. For yeah, all exactly. they know, she like, did. I mean, <laughs> maybe that negative energy was a spider and it's not there anymore. <laughs> all right. Let's go it's that time energy. for. Quack tracks. All right, quack tracks. Uh, yeah, uh, Calgary couple convicted in son's son's death from staph infection, handed prison sentences. Uh, their fourteen-month-old infant died after the their uh, his or her I can't remember if it was a boy or a girl. Son, yes. Oh boy, uh, they failed to take uh, their son who had a staph infection to get any medical attention in 2013. So they've been sentenced, or uh, who was it? Calgary mother and father whose toddler died of a staph infection because they refused to take him to a doctor until it was too late, have each been sentenced to 32 months in prison. With the judge That's saying- not very long. Yeah, well, 
the, the, and kids there, there was forever. no intent, right? There's no intent to to cause harm. I mean, well, people need to start learning. But yeah, well, they have to understand. People have to understand that there is a standard of care that society requires for children, and it is the parents' responsibility that their children get that standard of care. And it's why I, I don't have a problem with mandatory vaccinations because it ain't uh, being anti-vax is all about the parent, not the kid. It's, and, uh, yeah. and the people they listen right, to. Deal. Yeah. I'm starting to think cayenne kills people. Like <laughs> that seems to be a common thread right. through Alberta maltreatment of children. <laughs> I've heard this before. Um, guys, it's bacteria. Cayenne pepper doesn't go to the issue where the bacteria are unless it's only on the skin and you can rub it with the cayenne pepper. I'm sorry. Once it goes through the digestive tract, it's not the same anymore. I don't... The lack of education, again, and how easily these people are duped by quacks. And the distrust um, of science, right? Of science, yeah, which is preached medicine. by the people selling these yeah. alternatives that they call oh-so-natural. Um, thing is, then these people... Uh, go the step further and just do. Oh, I, just... I saw something today. You, you, you'll love this. It was on uh, with. Um, it was on a friend, friend's uh, Facebook page, and it was uh, about uh, what's those oils? The oh, essential oils. Essential. And uh, <laughs> viruses don't stand a chance against our, our our essential oils. Not even Ebola. <laughs> Seriously. Um, the problem is the people that sell those talk about how it builds up cell walls. And I'm sorry, we yeah. don't have cell walls and things like that. They're so uneducated. That. Yeah, but they talk about cell walls in humans. Hmm. In the, in the, I've read. Well, what do they think a cell wall is? <laughs> uh, a barrier that suddenly the oils can get into and keep out the viruses somehow. Hmm. They're so uneducated, they don't even know how wrong that is. Um, they're not dumb. They just don't know that we don't have cell things. walls. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the sad thing is the marketing works on people, and it vilifies big pharma, and then people oh, die. So the root of the issue basically isn't these idiot parents that, you know, they look like idiots. I mean, they wanted to... They didn't want their child dead. However, they get so convinced by marketing and people vilifying big pharma that their child dies. Um, they're going to get blamed for it. But again, we're not addressing why they did it. And this never gets talked about in these cases ever. Um, <clears throat> it says here that John Clark, uh, the son who died, uh, was brought to hospital with a blistering rash covering most of his body. That poor uh, kid. I mean, seriously, how you, long does it does a staph infection fester like that before, you know? The amount of pain this kid would have been in. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I, it's torture. I, I used to have eczema all the time. It wasn't like that. And eczema was bad enough. And this is much worse. I hate those parents for the torture they did to their child. The yeah, skin so, is all over the body. Uh, it's not like an ear infection. Uh, it's all over. Yep. Uh, 
during the trial, the the jury was shown screenshots of online searches for natural remedies for gangrene. <laughs> Jesus, such as God. If your child is time. rotting, this yeah. stuff's not working. <clears throat> if your child is rotting, if your child's limbs are turning black, um, I'm Health sorry, but healthcare is free here. <laughs> But that's what's going to kill their kid. And they always end up trying to blame Big Pharma, too. After the kid is so far gone that it cannot be saved, they still try to blame yeah, Big Pharma. It's, it's Yeah, it's not their fault. <sighs> we but prayed so, hard. You just didn't fix them when it was too late. Yeah. Now we expect you to be the miracle worker. Because they don't understand when it's too far gone. And when we get to Stefan case, I the new information that i saw today uh it's it's uh, well the things these children (laughs) john phillips jennifer clark's lawyer told the court this is not a case of a child being starved or abused i consider it abuse i mean look at the condition that child was in uh, before you know it was allowed to be in like really it's abuse to let your child suffer like that. Just because you I'm sorry. Actively, you know, wail on the kid doesn't mean it isn't abuse. It's hmm. neg. It's negligence. It's abuse by negligence and torture. This kid would have been in so much pain. Yeah, and most re- every, res- every <clears throat> excuse me. In most every respect, the offenders are described as model citizens, compassionate of others, amazing parents. Not so, so compassionate much. to watch someone die. <laughs> I'm so compassionate that someone suffering. They're just like Mother Teresa, aren't they? Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, funny. If your kid's suffering, <laughs> it's a good thing. He's going to be closer to God, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so much so that he's dead. An interesting good comparison. Job. Yeah. Uh, but and guess who didn't like that? Uh, David Stefan. Yes. The They're assholes that the killed their child. On, uh, who, yeah, allowed his own son to die. Uh, calls the 32-month sentence for Calgary couple appalling. I think it's appalling the fucking kid died of torture. Yeah, I agree. I think it should have been more than 32 months. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stefan. I really is, wish know. those people could feel what their children feel. What they felt up to the point where they were so far gone they couldn't feel it anymore. I seriously wish that there was a way to make them feel that. Uh, speaking during a break in proceedings on Wednesday, June 5th, Stefan said he had seen the evidence and couldn't believe the car- clerks would be going to jail. Oh, he saw the evidence of this rotten child. I mean, literally rotting parts and yeah. the skin. So, oh, seriously, what do you attribute that to? God's blessing? That, is, that evidence is, isn't enough? This is what he says. Uh, I think it's a terrible thing that's taking place altogether. In reflecting on their case, the evidence was abundantly clear that, you know, there was an overdose that, what? That took place in the hospital regarding saline. Fucker. Yeah. See? Asshole. That Lying caused son the of a bitch. blisters, apparently, retroactively uh, induced... That lying know, not the scumbag. Staff, anyway. It was increased at far death. too great a rate that would have created brain damage or brain death because he's an expert in pathology, you know, neuropathology. And so oh, I just find it. It, find it peculiar that with two charges that the jury could find them guilty when they weren't responsible clearly for the death of their son. Liar. Well, 
Yeah. And we're going to find out what a big fat liar it is when this, it comes to his yeah, case, too. He, he's going to be just as, uh, when he's found guilty, and I'm sure he will be, uh, After, he's yeah. going to be claiming victimhood here, too. Oh, yeah, and he still is to this day. He tried to get rid of the judge before the trial even started. Yeah. I mean, any it would have been any judge. It doesn't matter which judge. He would have tried to find some reasons to, you know, play victim. Oh, this guy, he's biased. Uh, <laughs> So we're going to move on to David Stefan's own case. Ha. The retrial. Uh, father questions paramedic care in toddler's son's uh, meningitis death. This guy has the biggest set of Dunning-Kruger that I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. He's, He's an expert questioning doctors. Oh, yeah. And acting as his own lawyer. Because mm -hmm. sure he's got to be the smartest man on the planet. He can do all this himself. I mean, with all of his lack of education, he's got to be smarter than everybody else. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Court has heard the couple made two 911 calls on March 13th, 2012. The first was when Ezekiel had stopped breathing, but he seemed to recover, so David Stefan turned down and off. Okay. You know. Your kid stopped breathing. He recovered breathing. from stopping breathing. Obviously, this guy doesn't really understand stopping breathing, so he's going to call everything stopping breathing. So going from that point forward, he's wrong in that. So within the hour, the Stefans were on the phone with the dispatcher again, shock and surprise, as they drove from their southern Alberta home near Glenwood to meet an ambulance on the highway. Uh, uh, According to Stefan, he's representing himself, of course, as we just said, uh, spent hours cross-examining paramedic Ken Chernyovsky. I'm sorry, dude. Chernyovsky. <laughs> and that's Chern not the name. only pediatrician. That's just one of many that are coming to court. And who met the Stefans while they were on the way to the nearest hospital in Cardston. Uh, Chernyovsky testified Tuesday that the ambulance wasn't properly equipped with either the right-sized valve mask or endotracheal tube for a patient of Ezekiel's age. Uh, yesterday it was identified, uh, this is a quote here, yesterday it was identified it was approximately eight and a half minutes without oxygen whatsoever, no chest, no chest rise, no, no chest fall, correct? And Chernowski replied yes. Uh, would it have been better to have just kept on driving to hospital with Colette doing the CPR uh, than for him to end up whoops, end up in an, ambu an ambulance and go eight and a half minutes without oxygen? Chernowski uh, uh, says, uh, no, if a patient, regardless of whether it's a pediatric or an adult, if they're in cardiac arrest, which, by the way, you can't breathe during, yes. uh, the evidence-based definitive treatment which proves to have the most success is defibrillation. Of course, if it's cardiac arrest. Restart yeah, the heart. Um, you restart the heart. Figure, but you, Stefan's not a doctor, so he's just trying to find some bullshit yeah. angle here, which he and, keeps and, failing at. And the ambulance had the equipment available. Uh, but he said there was no chance of it working on the toddler because he had already flatlined, and that's true. Once the heart stops, that's it. You know, the, you know when you watch medical shows on TV and it goes flat and then they do the defibrillation that's bullshit <laughs> just bullshit Oops, Hollywood. fibrillation just means your your heart is beating in a non non normal mode right. uh, okay and that so these guys trying to go on the premise of lack of oxygen they are completely yeah. ignoring the child's condition of yeah. being stiff as a fucking board and dead. days before <laughs> 
they ever even called for help. Yeah. It's he's trying to blame everybody else for and none of this, by the way, explains why he waited so long to take his child to medical care. Well, he has his own miracle drugs go. that he makes. Those are supposed to help. They couldn't possibly fail. Okay, so update for today. Actually, I think this was actually today. Yeah, June 13th. Can I go on to this part? Mm, go ahead. Oh, wait. Well, no, is, yeah. No, not yet. Because uh, we still got to go to the 11th yet. Uh, uh, this is this was uh, June 5th. So we're, I'm going to go through this chronologically. Uh, mm. Medical examiner tells Alberta trial lack of oxygen didn't cause toddler's death. So an Exactly. So they're trying to say this kid had a lack of oxygen in the ambulance what killed him no everybody no, else on the planet with a medical degree say that's not the case the he did not die of lack of oxygen this child and when they, when we get to the he died because the heart stopped and there's a reason for that yeah go figure um so i'm gonna unfortunately butcher this name too <clears throat> dr bamadale uh adiagbo uh, he was he was uh, videoed in. He, he's he's a uh, he has a position in Indiana, I believe now. Okay. Uh, uh, he he said you know clearly that Ezekiel died of bacterial meningitis and a lung infection, uh, and uh, David Stefan pointed out that the first ambulance that tended to his son was missing key equipment, so his son was 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 without oxygen for almost nine minutes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, had had there been like oxygen, you know, a mask on his nose, it still would have been without oxygen for yeah. nine minutes because his heart was uh, uh, not, you know, he was in cardiac arrest. And they did have the equipment. It just wasn't the size for a baby. So they were making do with what they had to deal with. Um, unfortunately, that equipment wouldn't have helped if it was the size for that child anyways yeah but it, it wouldn't have mattered because the first thing you need to do is actually get the heart beating in the in the normal mode um, so they didn't actually call for help until this kid was, oh, was way dead yeah pretty much um stefan asked is it fair that you did not take into consideration the amount of time ezekiel had not had air in that ambulance in your findings speak at the english good <laughs> uh, uh, Adiagbo replied, there is no evidence that Ezekiel did not have air. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, in, in Andy's working. Um, the issue of the lack of oxygen was answered totally by the pathology. If there was oxygen deprivation injuries, I would have seen it. It was not in the mm -hmm. brain. Mm -hmm. uh, so Stefan also asked Adiagbo whether his work as a medical examiner was influenced by others. What? Okay, yeah. so justice. The people have taught him how to do Trying this. to wrap their heads. <laughs> the justice system wrote ahead to the medical examiner's office trying to make sense mm -hmm. of these people and why mm -hmm. this kid was dead. So they actually did write, well, there's signs that these people might be anti-establishment. They might be anti-big pharma. They might be, um, the actual quote is here. Oh, yeah, um, is and, and they don't there. say they are. They said there are signs. There is information to suggest 
the family and the extended family yeah, are sovereign citizens, yeah, also known stupidity. as sovereign or freedom group. The Those from this group, those that tend to be from these types of groups, um, tend to be anti-government, which they are, anti-establishment, anti, um, yeah. and <laughs> they are suspicious <laughs> of you know, people. That they're typically well-armed. And they can be well armed like they weren't seeing that was the case yeah. with these folks but that these are the signs that these people are like and that was from the justice system to the medical examiner that wasn't coming from the medical examiner that wasn't the medical examiner's focus and how Mind that you, actually influence them well does, yeah exactly they just want yeah, to be be able to talk to these people when they come in and not scare them and act like they might be um, the establishment. They might handle them with kid gloves, maybe. But that's well, everything he said there is yeah. true. Yeah, he's trying to say it's prejudicial. Um, no, it's not when it's true. <laughs> and it wasn't and the it medical examiner who said it. It was, it, was, it was based on just at that point what information they had on these people, yeah. which is very little because they are anti-establishment. Well, I... It isn't isn't asking, you know, it's not pressuring the doctor to to you know get get to a certain finding, and no. so no, there's nothing prejudicial. This here kind of stuff gets sent from the judicial sure. system all the time. Yeah, watch because out for this they, guy. <laughs> well, these people aren't your typical mom and dad. These people are going to try to blame you for this shit. <laughs> Go figure, yep. they did. I mean, they didn't even infer that, but you can kind of, after the fact, you know, it, they were basically just say they were right. Yeah, and and Stefan uh, tried to impugn uh, Adiagbo's uh, uh, credentials, uh, you know, his expertise. Well, because he's such an expert himself, he can yeah. do that. The judge loves this kind of person by the way that thinks they're smarter than doctors and and can you know tell if a doctor is a good doctor oh, they're, not they're when they're not stupid not. they've seen it all yeah um, i would um, love to see what they would write up <laughs> because um my oldest son's father did pass away but before he passed away he tried to question my son's psychiatrist he was in a hospital for six months straight and he tried to call into question this doctor, <laughs> what the judge wrote when that happened was, uh, I kept it. It was amazing. Like, oh, yeah? this person thinks he's, he can question. <laughs> it was, it was wonderful. Uh, this guy is not helping himself, but he's such an ass. He thinks he is. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's one of these people that uh, thinks he can out, he's smarter. He's the smartest person in the room and he knows everything. And, but. He's and neither. he thinks he had some. He's, he's proven these guys are no good, and he's perfect. And the judge was saying uh, about uh, how long this will go. Uh, you will ha Because normally the Court of Queen's bench doesn't sit in July and August. And he said, you will have me in the month of July, unhappily. <laughs> I'm hearing this case wow. until it's done. We'll sit until August if we have to. Yep, because right. because these people aren't professionals, they're not going to go at the regular pace. They're going to go at Stefan's pace. Yeah, and, and Stefan, yeah, he, he's grilling for hours and hours. I, I'm I'm wondering why the judge is. I wish I was there. I'd love to be there. Uh, um, I'm sure the judge is just letting them dig their own grave. I, I think yeah, that's they, what they he's so doing. badly want to. He's giving 
He's giving him the, the latitude rope. and the time so that and the rope he, he can't come back himself. and say and uh, make an appeal because, oh, I was uh, rushed through my, I wasn't allowed to complete my questioning of the, the witness, et cetera, et cetera. So he's trying to avoid uh, any further appeals. He um, thinks the more he can throw at this, Stefan, the better it yeah, is for him. Um, I don't think he's fooling anybody. Well, and, he's not even fooling us. Yeah, we're well, not even doctors. <laughs> worse for him is that it's a judge-only trial. So he's really not going to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. Uh, and now we got onto the CT scan of, of uh, Ezekiel's brain. It's uh, one of the most devastating he's ever seen. So it, well, this is actually uh, Dr. Shauna Burkholder. Yeah. She was on the stand, and she was the Calgary pediatri Pediatric Critical Care Specialist testifying that a CT scan of the 19-month-old Ezekiel Stefan's brain was one of the most devastating she had ever seen. Um, are we going to try to blame lack of oxygen for this? Yes, yes, of course we are. He yeah. even questioned her ability to read a CT scan. <laughs> oh, God. So her huh. her um like he her reply can. to that um oh, yeah here uh where is it where she sorry she talked about her education and how she was trained to read CT scans um that he was calling into question um I just wanted to get to you know, the point of the CT scan. Um, what was most concerning to this doctor was his lack of neurological response, including fixed and dilated pupils, no response to talking, no painful stimuli, no gag or cough reflex. There are also mm -hmm. signs of intracranial pressure in the back of the eyes, meaning the brain was swollen yep. and his kidneys were not functioning as properly. The child was not breathing on his own and was also an Asystole, a condition, she said, only 5% of children actually survive. So they, they couldn't get him breathing on his own. He can't. Yeah, and his heart. A CT scan was then ordered to rule out a tumor brain bleeding because, you know, brain bleeding yeah, <laughs> could mean a lot of things. Yeah, pressure, yeah. Yeah, so um, it was that point during the voir, voir dire that Stefan made an objection citing Burkholder's qualifications and ability to read a CT scan and she told the court she acknowledged she was not the specialist. However, she is required to read CT scans at least once a week and had the training to read them. The scan revealed severe swelling of brain tissues, a lack of gray and white color seen on normal scans and fluid filled spaces that combined with the swelling put an immense amount of pressure on the brain tissues, blood entering the brain and the brain stem, which regulates basics, the basic things like breathing and heart function. So hence he was not breathing and his heart stopped. Mm -hmm. um, the diagnosis therefore, um, the CT scan and blood tests in combination with her physical exam and speaking with the Stephans led her to believe Ezekiel was suffering from bacterial meningitis. Um, you have a brain that's a bloody mess. Yeah. Uh, in a state where only 5% of people probably with a better physical. <laughs> I think she was um, being generous too on the 5%. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, 
She was told the toddler got better for a short period of time um, after being treated with what they thought. Yeah, according to Stefan. What was croup. The Stefans thought he had croup, that's all they the gave croup. him. Croup. Um, croup gives you, it doesn't give you sti stiffness, right? It's... Yeah, and then that that's that's exactly it. She was told the toddler got better for a short period, then worse, and became stiff with an aching, arcing back. Mm. If your child's got a fucking arcing back and lethargy, go figure. His brain is atrophying. He's not being able to eat, but was given fluids through a syringe. And they didn't think to take the kid to a doctor <laughs> until, you know, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. well, and... And then they're asked why they didn't do a lumbar puncture or spinal tap after seeing the brain in that condition. I know. Um, they didn't click it the was contraindicated. It couldn't be done because the increase of the intracranial pressure, decreased consciousness, instability of basic functions mm. like heart rate, breathing, abnormal CT scan results, performing the test to remove spinal fluid would have just done them in more. Um, the Burke holder... That said, Burke Holder testified she believed bacterial meningitis was the cause, so she did try to prevent that. Also treated him for viral meningitis. The purpose was to prevent any further potential brain injury. Mm -hmm. If a patient treated with even one dose of antibiotics when suffering from bacterial meningitis, it kills the bacteria within hours. However, of course, then you recommend antibiotics continue. You know, and to treat, you know, he, he had a lung infection. Mm -hmm. Older also testified the probability of a child suffering from bacterial meningitis surviving if treatment is started yeah. early is 95%. Um, depending on the length of illness, age, and several other factors, anywhere from 10 to 30% of those survivors will suffer neurological damage that can range from hearing loss cerebral palsy and developmental delays so basically ezekiel was probably screwed one way or the other but they waited so long he his brain was actually yeah it's far gone it's almost always fatal uh if it's untreated and mm -hmm. unli unlike figure. viral viral is uh usually well first it's usually not as serious and most patients recover on their own so what they do is when they and suspect of course, it, yeah. they just go straight to the antibiotics. Why not? What they uh, call empirical antibiotics. So they just go straight to those. But So, of course, for some reason, Ezekiel's neurological function did not improve at all. However, the heart rate yeah. improved, and there may be well, sure. some spontaneous breaths was, taken at one point. Once the pressure goes down, down, maybe the base of his brain could have recovered some function, but this part... <laughs> You know, that controls thought. Um, no. You would have had a kid with a brain stem at best. Yeah. Um, the checks eventually would have atrophied to just being CSF in the in this in the Yeah, the chest chest x-ray showed massive fluid outside the right lung, the child's urine urine output yep. increased. So two brain death exams were performed on the child as legally required. The first was completed March fifteenth, the second on March sixteenth. Both examined were performed by other doctors. Do we get the scope of how many doctors are involved yeah. at this point? And they all agreed. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. He goes, so, it, yeah. Uh, And then was declared brain dead, and that's it. Yeah, there's no way that child was recovering from yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Where, the state he was brought to the ambulance in. Um, and the and of course the trial is continuing, so we'll keep everybody apart. What they have after this, I don't know. Like why they think they can continue and ignore all of this and try to convince people it's all lies. Uh, multiple doctors are lying now. Yeah, boggles my mind. On the atmosphere of oppression, Justin Ro uh, Justice Rook told the court that no oppressive conditions existed and what's this oh they're uh, accusing um oh, authorities of <laughs> yeah they're they're very anti-establishment showing up uh rearing its ugly head uh, mm -hmm. so on the atmosphere of oppression justice rook told the court that no oppressive conditions existed and if that if the mere presence of police constituted that there would be there would never be Voluntary statements given to them. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, on the subject of operating mind, uh, both David and Colette earlier told the court they were extremely stressed out. Uh, so, sleep and food deprived. David's father, and? Anthony, also testified that David wasn't there. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, well, Justice, neither was your child's brain. Yeah. Justice Rook agreed that the two were under an enormous amount of stress, but that he accepted the Crown's argument that the elder Stefan was not present during the police interviews and therefore could not assess executive function. There was also no evidence of drug or alcohol intoxication, mental illness, or physical illness with either David or Colette. So, tough nuggies is basically what he's saying. Yeah. Um, and on the issue so the of trickery, the judge found that no one dealing with the Stefans was an undercover officer or agent and that no one represented themselves as other than what they were. So is that what he's claiming? Is that they tricked us into mm -hmm. saying He's a stuff. victim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, it has nothing to do with what you said, you dumb son of a bitch. It has everything to do with the child's condition. Oi. Yeah. If mistakes were made, but hell no, it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> oh, let's leave, let's leave that behind. Uh, Maine These advances people. assisted suicide That's law. Me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. And this is, of course, in the Catholic news agency. Um, the so-called Dignity with Dying bill passed uh, in their House of Representatives. Maine government, uh, Governor Janet Mills has a 10-day window to sign it, and I believe that it has been signed now. If the bill were to become law, patients who have less than six months to live do not and do not have any mental conditions such as depression may legally request medication that would end their life. Two doctors, yeah, it's pretty much the same as it, but it is up here. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, da, 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 there's some stuff in here, which is, ah, here we go. Uh, New Jersey Bishop James uh, F. Cecchio of Metuchen, uh, no idea, uh, said that the church needed to make an unflinching and compassionate defense of life at all stages. He says, while we are facing dark times, we will not stop from advocating for the sanctity of human life in all stages and, and, and no matter how much suffering. Yeah, fuck you. And we will continue to educate our legislate, educate our legislature, legislators, our fellow Catholics, and the general public about the dangers of legalized physician-assisted suicide. Yeah. 
Euthanasia and assisted suicide are a defeat for all, said Pope Francis. We are called never to abandon those who are suffering. Yeah, just watch them on <laughs> the sidelines. Yay. Cheer them on. Uh, go suffering. Never give giving up, but caring and loving to restore hope. Yeah, a bunch of... Would he have told the Stefans that there was hope? What a yeah. nice man. Asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Vatican will send document to Catholic schools saying people can't choose their genders. I actually agree with them. <laughs> yeah, they're not Just choosing not the their genders reason. yet, dumb. <laughs> yeah, what, when did, did you, Pope Francis, get up in the morning and say, hmm, I think I feel male today. And I may not even be hetero, but whatever. Um, yeah. Well, he may not be, <laughs> but that's beside he doesn't the point. Apparently I don't have know. to think about those know. types of things. And I don't care if he if he is or not. But uh, yeah, oh, warning of a society without sexual differences. I don't think anybody's. Nobody's making everyone the same, dum dum. No, no, I don't. I don't, I don't think that's happening. The Vatican on Monday dismissed the idea that a person's gender can differ from the assigned. I love that assigned sex at birth. It's not a. I'm, I'm sorry, but they don't know their sex at birth because they're babies. Well, well, not only really that, but the biological sex is not assigned; it's determined. There's a difference. And people okay. even get it wrong. They call an X yeah. X, and it can happen. Or yeah. An, an, yeah, you call an, an XY person comes out looking like a girl, and they assign the wrong gender to the poor kid. Yeah. They go by what it looks like, and apparently that's the only thing you're allowed to go by. Yeah. Uh, dismiss the idea. And they'll that change you. Oh, they'll yeah, change you surgically perfect. too without your consent. That's oh, allowed, but the will. you know, yeah, you're you're allowed yeah. to take this kid, assign a gender, change them surgically if they're any way different, and then expect them to grow up just as they tell them. Yeah, that was really cool. There was something that came up about a uh, prehistoric uh, wolf head found in Siberia. But anyway, this <laughs> is totally beside the point. Um, yeah, so, uh, and said a fluid idea of identity was not, quote, based on the truths of existence, unquote. What the hell is that? Um, well, something he made up. It sounds good, uh, doesn't it? The right to choose one's gender, the Vatican said in an official document, is in direct contradiction to of the model of marriage as between one man and one woman. Well, you know what? Marriage is just a contract. It's, what you attach to it is completely irrelevant to anybody else. And, and no he still doesn't gonna, explain no gay animals. You, yeah, well, no one's going to force you to accept uh, any other value that you that you attach to marriage for yourself no one's going to do that no one's forcing yeah. anything on you you know you're still actually free to do that and the, despite the what you say the document released as a guide for catholic educators i thought uh, catholic authority was to be off you know hands off when it came to uh education USA? Uh, the no in in, in canada that uh they can't be involved, in, directly involved in the uh, affairs of the separate school system. 
that we have, which is Catholic mostly. But yeah. Anyway. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. And <laughs> yeah, where is it? This authoritative tool is quite clear in the condemnation of gender ideology. Ideology, huh? Pot, <laughs> kettle, black. You know, uh, that's all. Uh, I mean, the theology is just another form of ideology. So, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, you're interfering no, with no, society. No. You have no business in this. Well, he's allowed to interfere, but. No, he's allowed to say um, things. But he's, he's actually <laughs> suggesting that interference is, is in order in terms of ca Catholic education. Um. Uh, what have we got here? Oh, yeah. Traditionalists, uh, tradi ah, traditionalist groups lauded the 31-page Vatican document entitled, Male and Female, He Created Them. Okay. I can actually show that. Here we go. <laughs> Towards a path of dialogue. Something tells me that where dialogue doesn't mean what they think it means. Uh, you know, they're saying basically that uh, we're going to tell you. This is, this is, this is, it's very platonic. Uh, and if you ever read uh, Plato's dialogues, they're all, they're not exactly dialogues. <laughs> uh, it, it's just one person speaking. They're, they're going, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Um, yeah, so this is, this authorita authoritative tool is quite clear on the condemnation of gender ideology and of the grave damage it wreaks inside society. Damage. I mean, you're making a claim here. What's the damage? Um, Father James Martin, a prominent Jesuit who has advocated for the church to more openly welcome LGBT members, said on Twitter that the document calls for dialogue and listening but sets aside the real life experiences of LGBT people. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't call for dialogue. It really doesn't. You're not listening to them. You're telling people that this is ideology and that you're not going to have any of it. Well, that's not dialogue, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, sadly, it will be used as a cudgel against transgender people and an excuse to argue that they shouldn't even exist. And that's pretty progressive coming from a, a Jesu Jesuit, you know, I mean, surprisingly. Um, anyway. So, yeah, you know, people, <laughs> and of course, the LGBT community is rightfully coming out. And uh, I love this LGBT members of the faith who, if you're a member of LGBT community, why the hell are you Catholic? I mean, I mean well, you, it's like, yeah, that's pretty masochistic, you know, said it put an official and updated stamp on viewpoints they hoped were changing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, nice try. Yeah. <laughs> this, this Pope is the same as all the other ones. It's a load of PR baloney. So, so yeah, there we go. I, I mean, you can find this. Uh, NewWayMinistry.org. It's the Congregation for Catholic Education. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Education I'm quotes. I'm not going to go over 31 pages of BS. Uh, and going, you know, staying in the same vein, 
Providence Bishop faces, faces backlash for homophobic tweet. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, Bishop, uh, Providence Bishop Thomas J. Tobin took to Twitter. Yeah, Twitter does kind of attract all the idiots, doesn't it? Uh, to tell Catholics not to celebrate Pride this month or, or this June, uh, saying the event runs counter to the teachings of the faith. And it said, uh, a reminder that Catholics should not support or attend, should be nor, but anyway, nor attend <laughs> LGBTQ Pride Month events held in June. They promote a culture uh, and encourage activities that are contrary to Catholic faith and morals. Well, my, my advice is lose the faith on the morals but they're especially or so-called harm- morals. Uh, they are especially harmful for children how so mm. anyway jeez and it sparked an immediate backlash on social media from lgbtq supporters as it should and uh they let him have it on twitter um yeah but why were these people flabbergasted? We woke up this morning and we saw the bishop's tweet and were honestly flabbergasted. What did you, what did you expect? <laughs> it's a Catholic bishop. Like, it took them 300 years to apologize to Galileo. He is like the Donald Trump of the Catholic Church. He goes on Twitter and spews hate. I'm not the only one who made the comparison. <laughs> but... That's how is he different from any other bishop? No, he's not. He's not any different. So how is he the Donald Trump? Aren't they all then? Yeah, well, yeah, they are. (laughs) The Pope's, I follow the Pope on Twitter, and I tell you, he he says the stupidest things. It's just all word salad and platitudes, right? Yeah. The church left me. I I see, I don't see this person who was surprised by this bishop. Lazzarini uh, said he was raised Catholic, and he said, the church left me a long time ago. I didn't leave the church. I learned a long time ago that I wasn't going to be accepted there. No, I, I don't agree. The church didn't move. Uh, and you were right to leave it. Give yourself a pat on the back. You know, <laughs> take some credit for this. You did it. Congratulations. Yeah. Anyway. And uh, I had I went on here. Uh, you know, there's, there's tons of, <laughs> tons of, uh, uh, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but I, he doesn't care. No, he doesn't care. I mean, they, they don't care. They're, they're, they, they're in the right because Bible, well, they don't ever consider that, you know, you know, the, the people often say, oh, it's not me that's saying this. It's, it's. God, that's saying, and we're going to actually here. I'm going to bring that up because yeah. uh, this well, is in that else. next Bishop Strickland. In that next article, yeah, yeah. Uh, please, please stop labeling bishops who speak the truth of the gospel as homophobic. God gave us sexual intimacy for. Yeah, I'm not going to go through the obvious joke. Um, God gave <laughs> us sexual intimacy for the procreation of children and the deeper union of a man and woman in marriage. Stating this truth is not homophobia, it's simply reality. What are yeah, you going to say victim, about the you're... gay animals then? What are they doing? I, I really despise this, this argument. Oh, it's not me saying this, it's God. 
Well, you agree but with it. But somebody else <laughs> brought up it's, the fact that... You don't get to pass off your moral responsibilities onto any, anybody, including any god. You're responsible for your own. And if you agree with it, you better own that. There we go. That's my yeah. yeah. Well, down this list, somebody brings up the fact that <clears throat> really the Bible doesn't address it like that. Well, the Bible says a lot of stupid things. Well, yeah, and then they can interpret it any way they want, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then oh. ignore the parts, you know, that say don't eat fish. I mean, or was it sea bugs, oh, no. like the, the shellfish? Mixed- the mixed fibers. Yeah, shellfish is... Uh, yeah, they can ignore all that, but they can harp on this. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I, I, I... Yeah, there must be some scripture that says you eat fish on Friday or something like that. Yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they passed a law in California, uh, which... Uh, let's see. It was... Uh, where's the bill? It's... Uh, See, Senate Bill 360 is a proposed state state law which would force priests and other religious ministers to report suspected cases of child abuse in violation of priest penitent privilege. And Eh. you know what? That that ship has sailed. We don't trust you anymore. (laughs) And this bishop here, Bishop Michael Barber of the Diocese of Oakland, uh, has said he would sooner accept prison and prison no sooner accept r- arrest and prison than comply with it, with this law and I, I'm like I hope you like orange buddy okay mm-hmm. I will go to jail before I will obey this attack on our religious freedom so you what you're saying is is that ignoring child molestation is a re- is a religious freedom mm. <laughs> Even if this bill passes, no priest may obey it. Okay. The protection of your right to to confess to God and have your sins forgiven in total privacy must be protected. I urge you to contact your state senator today to protest this bill. Children be damned. Yeah. But he's all for, you know, laws that protect children from abuse. Yeah, right. And this is one of them. So why are you against it? (laughs) <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so there you go. Per canon law, priests who violate the seal of confession by sharing anything learned within the sacramental context to anyone at any time for any reason is subject to automatic excommunication and further punishments, including loss of the... Cl- That's not a punishment. Including loss of the clerical state. I mean, like, no, those aren't punishments. Okay. Incarceration, um, that's punishment. Yeah, it, it, they're saying you can do whatever you want. As long as you confess, you don't have to get punished. I'm sorry, but that's Sharia law. That's not the law of the land. Yep. Can't, who Stop cares it. What canon law says. I don't care. Yeah, canon, canon law, law, Sharia law. It's not the law of the land. There's no difference. People yep. are hypocrites. Yeah, I do not recognize canon law. And no one should, if it's going to let everybody hurt everyone like that. Oh, yeah. So I forgot about this. Uh, Cardinal George Powell leaves the county court of Victoria after 
prosecutors decided not to proceed with the second trial and alleged, okay, that was in 20, uh, February. Um, so Pell was uh, convicted of five charges of sexually assaulting two choir boys in the 1990s, and he's appealing this, this sentence on various grounds. Uh, I can't remember. I know there was something about it being impossible for it to have happened. Uh, uh, and things like that. Basically, the where is oh here's Pell's defense. Um, it, Pell's barrister Walker said Port, Portelli's evidence was sound, given he was being asked to recollect the events of 22 years ago, as everyone involved in what have been, uh, as was everyone involved in what have has been has guys edit uh, <laughs> being a difficult case. In its submission, Pell's legal team elaborated on 13 solid obstacles that it's said stood in the way of a guilty verdict. And yet, here we are. <laughs> they included that it was not possible for Pell... Uh, can't you guys get editors? No. They, they included that it was not possible for Pell have to be in alone. To have been alone in the priest's sacristy for no one to have noticed the choir boys were missing and for the attack not to have been seen <clears throat> nor heard, not or, by anyone. What is this? Oh, fuck. Anyway, we anyone milling around outside the room. Walker suggested the jury discounted evidence from Portelli and other witnesses about the regimented nature of the occasion and a claim that Pell, being new to the position of Archbishop, had made a point of meeting congregants outside the cathedral's western entrance after Mass. If he was at the, the fuck does door, that have to do? Well, <sighs> if, if he was at the western door, that's not established. During that time, then the laws of, law of physics... What law of physics? Which one? Tells us that this is literally logically impossible. Okay, it's not a law of physics. What you're saying is that it's not logically possible. Eh, eh, no, whatever. Or for the offending to have occurred. That doesn't seem like English either. Anyway. Um, yeah, so he's appealing it. If he, he has said that if uh, the appeal fails, he will not, not go any farther. He'll just take his lumps about time someone did yeah so but but, but, I, if, it, but if it's overturned the prosecution could take the case to a higher court <coughs> to the high court yeah. welcome home cardinal pell <laughs> <laughs> well I, I i tend to think what this uh, is this our last one? I'll have to get going soon. Um, Bishop. Yeah, almost. The end. <laughs> Bishop Heprocki <laughs> bars pro-abortion Illinois lawmakers from Holy Communion. Oh, yeah. We, we covered that last time, yeah. Did we? Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. Yeah, he wasn't going to have uh, allow lawmakers that passed the, or put the, enshrined the the right to abortion in the in their and their uh, laws. So here we have these Illinois. jerks thinking they're above the law again. Go figure. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh, so I don't get a, a wafer and a sip of wine. Oh, oh no. I'm sure people can go to a different because church. That, because that 
wafer and wine turn into the body and blood of Christ somehow. Yeah, what do they really call soused? this grand? <laughs> All the Is this fun. like some kind of yeah. what do they call that grandstanding or pointification or it's oh, basically it's, useless? But yeah, it's, well, it's kind of victory, uh, uh, virtue signaling, really. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting us know what an ass you are and how you think you should be above the law yet again. And and Colorado, unlike Alberta, uh, has signed into law a ban on gay conversion therapy. Finally. Congratulations. I just wanted to mention that because uh, what's the, the shit show that's going on in Edmonton. Uh, just well, two things. Well, the UCP is around. Don't expect it, them yeah, to even acknowledge it. But Assholes. you can't let them. You can't let them get away with it, like without challenge. So um, try. Iran don't expect any change, though. Yeah. Iran introduces two thousand new morality police units in response to women hijab protests. Sheesh, they're so threatened by women's hair. It's just amazing. Like, what the hell? Like, in, you know. They're in response to what officials call an increasing defiance of the compulsory wearing of hijabs. I should damn well think so. <laughs> um, I should think that they should start making the men wear them. Oh, this is this is cute. Uh, they're in groups of six. <laughs> the units uh, have the power to arrest and detain those who, de who they deem to be flouting the country's strict bailing laws. Huh. Well, you know what? You just beat the crap out of them. <laughs> If they try to arrest you, seriously, that's, you know, that's what you should do. Uh, make sure that, you know, that this is, this is the level where, where I actually think violent, uh, violent insurrection is <coughs> justified. Yeah. Because Unfortunately, it, it's, it's, a, it's a law that is absolutely just unconscionable. Right. It, it's not like Antifa. Antifa is, you know, Oh, we got to stop the fascists before Hitler rises to power again, or some stupid thing like that. <laughs> that's that's just comic book shit. And no, that's not. It's not like you you're not going back in time and and stopping Hitler from becoming chancellor of Germany. You know, it's nonsense. This is a totally different thing. The people in power are are. Uh, really oppressing people not you know the fake oppression that we keep hearing about egypt's clerics too i love this one intellectual and intellectuals clash over wife beating fatwa <laughs> the, like domestic violence is in in the middle east in the islamic world as a whole isn't frowned upon okay it, it you know it's it's hopefully going to change but you see all mm. these videos of women, uh, you know, wearing the hijab, saying, "Oh, what, your husband doesn't love you if he doesn't beat you." Like, it's crazy. Really, that's just just the the most no, <laughs> the opposite. You know, he might not love you if he doesn't beat you, but he's. I don't think that's love. You know, when the, when he when he does beat you, I mean, like, what the hell? <laughs> I, um, I think they're taught different. <laughs> well, no kidding, right? Uh, and they're taught wrongly. 
And, and you know, I, what I can't stand are the, more, the cultural relif- relativists who say, well, that's their culture. Yeah, <laughs> so? <laughs> well, if you think it's such a great culture, go join it then. Yeah, no? Go ahead, knock yourself out, or have your <laughs> husband do it for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, yeah, the beating of the wife has become one of the things that causes her, I love this, psychologically har- harm? How about physical harm? Oh, both. <laughs> and reflects, like, yeah, both, for sure. But I mean, it's kind of missing the, skipping the physical part. And it reflects negatively on the family. The intellectual uh, of Makkah ibn Atta was among the first to refuse to hit his wife and did not consider it contrary to what was stated in the Holy Quran. Okay, well, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's an argument from authority, but there, there are really good reasons not to physically abuse people, okay? That don't involve, oh, hey, he didn't do it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what? What? Okay. I just don't see any of that changing anytime soon. I'm just glad they're trying. Well, this is something. Yeah, this is something. So, yeah. I mean, women got beaten trying to get the vote, so. Um, no, just some drive, or, or you know, anywhere in Saudi Arabia, or, and they're they're being sent to prison for years for the crime of not covering their hair. Like that's just how do how do how do cultural relativists, you know, kind of hold that in their brain and think, oh, that's just their culture. <laughs> so what if it is? It's wrong. I mean, there are values to be, which are better than others. It used to be ours too. I understand. You know, where spare, it comes from. spare the rod, spoil the child bullshit. Well, it's this. It's this anti. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's this anti-colonialism um, thing, where you have to shun colonialism to the point where you can allow something like this to go on and say it's okay because it's their culture. Well, that's a, that's swinging the pendulum all the way to the, the other side, and it's just as bad. So, you know, we're, we don't have a perfect culture by any stretch, but we don't treat wife beaters as, or I shouldn't say wife beaters because it's domestic violence. It, yeah. it can go both ways. And... Um, you know, we don't, we don't look kindly upon that. Okay. And, and, uh, it does it just because it happens. I mean, it's like people who keep claiming that we live in a rape culture and I'm like, okay, so how do normal people feel about rape? Do they think it's awesome? No. Well then what, how, how can you say we live in a rape culture? I mean, it's just, it's a crime, even criminals, hardened criminals hate rapists in prison (laughs) you know they have to be kept out of the general population and yeah you want to see a rape culture go to india go to saudi arabia yeah go to the middle east where if you bitch about being raped (laughs) well yeah yeah, you're you're blamed for it Uh, any woman that that tries to do that as, as several did ended up being arrested uh you know that is rape culture. 
okay? Uh, the, it's the woman's fault. You know, it's this whole, the, the family honor is on the women. It's their responsibility, right? Uh, and men can't control direction. themselves. And men can't control themselves. It's like, they're babies. And, and, if, and if you tell them that, of course they won't. They won't control themselves. And rape is a, a very common, uh, well, I can't say crime because <laughs> it really isn't a crime in, in, in a lot of those countries. And It's a crime to be raped in those countries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a crime to be raped. And it's, you know, that's, yeah. But uh, anyways. Yeah, you have to go. And I, I'm, you know, we've, well, I shortened it by a whole hour. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we'll try and we're going to go back to the weekly format, and that should hopefully uh, shorten things up. I'd like to get yeah. down to an hour. And uh, well, the, with the it's kind of hard with the Stefan trial. There's lots to go over because he's just he's just making that rope <laughs> to hang himself with. And, and it's a very long one. Yeah, and we got weeks of this to go of all things. I mean, I, I pity the judge because he's trying very hard <laughs> to not, you know, have give Stefan grounds for an appeal. So, yeah, at least the <laughs> the grounds for the appeal uh, for for his previous appeal won't happen this time because there is no jury. Right. Anyway, well, time to go <laughs> to bed. Good night. And, uh, yep. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to the Legion of Reason Diversion coming to you from Alberta, Canada. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to our bi-weekly podcast on iTunes and other podcatchers. Even better, subscribe to our YouTube live sessions where you can join in on the discussion. Thanks for giving us a listen. Music and other sound effects under license from audioblocks.com.